your Bible to 1 Samuel chapter 3. And uh, while you're doing that, um, um, you know, we've had some folks get saved uh, recently. Uh, that last song was a great song, you know. What a day that'll be. I look forward to that day. I'd sure like some more people to look forward to that day. Got people I know, people I like, people I love. I see them all the time. I talk to them all the time. I see them at the, the house or at their house or at work or what have you, you know, be it friends or family. Uh, I, I'd, I'd like a whole gang of people to, 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 to enjoy that day. What a day that'll be, right? So the purpose of this message here ultimately is to encourage you to be a witness. Now, I've touched on this before um, in a different way. Um, what I'd like to do, though, you know, um, it's, you know, we're fresh out of the holidays. I'd like, to, I'd like to take the same topic, but maybe curve the way we think about it, you know. And I'm, I'm preaching to myself just as much as you, so don't feel like I'm just coming down my nose at anybody, right? So... Getting close to, to being saved myself for four years now, and through the course of time, and, 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 and part of what inspired this, now I don't believe this is all on my own, I feel like the Lord kind of answered the question that I had, um, but along the way I've heard, I've heard some things be said amongst the brethren, and I don't just mean here. I've spent a lot of time here, I've been to other churches, I've probably overindulged on sermon audio and Final Fight Bible Radio. I used to have an hour commute. That's two hours a day. I've listened to a lot, right? I'm not saying I know anything. But does, does God love sinners, right? Um, or I've heard the remark, and this one irritates the fire out of me, but that God doesn't talk to lost people, right? Now, quite frankly, when I hear that type of Statement, you know, I, I have to wonder, you know, who do you think you are, right? Or what is it that you've done that you can stand there and be, oh, I got it, you know, we're better than them somehow. That's like older brother speak, right? You know, um, I just can't do it. So, but what I'd like to do, right? Does he? Let's let's look in the Bible. Let's see what the Bible has to say about the topic. Uh, I got a few references. We're going to look at a couple different guys, and uh, we're just going to kind of go from there. So we're in 1 Samuel 3, and we're going to uh, start in verse 1. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days where there was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place, and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see, and the air... and Ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I called not. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again Samuel. And Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, And I called not, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord revealed, or sorry, and the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. 
Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went down, went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood and called, as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. So there's a couple things here in the passage that I want to, to look at. But before we dive too far in, jump back just a couple chapters to First Samuel or uh, to, to chapter one there, and uh, in verse eleven, right? This is talking about his mother, and she vowed a vow and said, "O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look in the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and forget not and forget thine handmaid." But will give unto thine handmaid a man child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life. And there shall no razor come upon his head. Jump over to uh, verse 22. But Hannah went not up, for she said unto her husband, I will not go up until the child be weaned, and then I will bring him, that he may appear before the Lord and there abide forever. And Elkanah, her husband, said unto her, Do what seemeth thee good. Tarry until thou hast weaned him, only the Lord establish his word. So the woman abode and gave her son suck until he, she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her, with three bullocks and one ephah of flour and a bottle of wine, and brought him unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh, and the child was young. And they slew a bullock and brought the child to Eli, and she said, O my Lord, as thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here, praying unto the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord, as long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. So now, back to chapter 3 here. So what we have is Samuel, who... Okay, so like some of you grew up in church, right? You've always been in church. Like this guy really grew up in church. Like he was dedicated to the church. Like his mother made a promise to God, if you give me him, I'll give him back to you, right? So the miraculous thing about that situation, though, is found in verse 7. So in verse 7 it says, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. So how could this happen if he was dedicated to, Sunni was off the bottle, he's been living at, at, at the church, right? But yet, he knew not the Lord. So, in verses 8 to 10 here, it said, And the Lord called Samuel again a third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lie down in, the same, in, the, in his place. And the Lord came and stood, and he called, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. Now, before we get too far, children, all of you children should look at that and appreciate what's going on there, right? Because... Samuel was given guidance here, right? He was given a how-to, uh, uh, how to respond uh, to the Lord. But the whole point I'm trying to make, right, is that the Lord was talking to him before he knew him. Right? Fair to say? Okay. So let's move forward. Another great man that's easy to point to would be Paul. So I want you to jump over to Acts. Acts chapter 1. 
Acts 9. Acts 9, verse 1, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, one of the high priest, and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. Is it, it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and established, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And uh, the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul rose from the earth, and when his eyes were open, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him unto Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither, and neither did eat nor drink. So in the passage, we have Saul, uh, soon to be Paul, on his way to Damascus, um, Paul's obviously a very important figure, right? I mean, uh, we're in a Bible-believing church. Uh, we get saved, you get saved, and you want to, to, to pursue an education in what it is we're actually uh, worshiping here. And so that starts with Paul's doctrine. Um, kind of interesting that Paul didn't actually start the church, even though that's the doctrine that we're on, Right. Uh, the Holy Spirit's given in Acts 2. Uh, Romans 16.7 says, Salute Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen, uh, fellow prisoners who are known among the apostles who were also in Christ before me. In Acts 8, you have Philip who preaches Jesus to the Ethiopian eunuch. And when Paul has his encounter in uh, Acts 9, uh, chapter 6, uh, essentially he accepts Jesus and Jesus' will for his life Boom, Paul is saved, right? So now, Paul's kind of taken to another level, though, um, that's worth pausing a minute to take a look at. Um, Paul was blinded. Um, so now, to me, that's a very interesting, uh, not just word to use, but a very interesting hardship, right? So his eyesight improved after a few days, uh, but he had a thorn in the flesh that he besought the Lord for three times, right? And so I raise the question, do you think it's an accident um, um, that, that, that people that are lost, right? I mean, that, we, that, we, that they're called lost. Uh, because if you're lost, what are you, right? You're blind. So... Uh, We'll jump over real quick to John 12 just to look at one verse that I think is kind of important to tie it together. John uh, twelve forty, He hath blinded their eyes and hardened their heart that they should not see with their eyes nor understand with their heart and be converted and I should heal them. So he being the devil hath blinded their eyes. Blinded their eyes? I mean, that's what happened to Paul, right? So I 
maybe this is my own imagination or the Jesse Peck version, pastor would say, the JPV. Um, I, I, I kind of feel like maybe the Lord showed Paul physically how spiritually blind he actually was at the time and the lost people around him. You know, it kind of makes me think about um, myself in my basement, right? So the steps to the basement are right outside the kitchen and the dining room. And maybe you've been in this position before. You have to run down there to grab something. So you open the door and the light's on here so you can see down there. And so you run down there. You skip that first switch. The next switch is over here. You can still see. So you get over there and you flip the switch. You find what you're looking for. And while you're doing that, somebody upstairs comes ahead and closes that door, right? So you don't know that. So you're kind of backing your way up. You flick these lights off. And you get there and it's dark. And this is your own house, right? And so you know that that light switch is like right there. But here you are operating, right? Kind of blind. You can't see nothing. You take a few steps and you reach out and it's not there. And you're like, oh, man. And so now you're doing this and you're like touching the wall. And this is your own house. But you're doing what you feel is right, right? Like you're, you're, you're going through this thing like what you feel is right. And the switch is right there the whole time. But you don't know because you're blind. You're now stuck in the dark. Um, so is this a coincidence? I don't think so. I don't think that the blinding, I, I, I think that that's, you know, like the Lord uses metaphors, and I, I, I think that that, I think it's more than just a coincidence. So let's back up just one quick second. We're in Acts 9, right? Go back to Acts 8. With Paul, I think uh, it's important to note too. And Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. So what's interesting about that, because right now the topic, what, we're, what I'm trying to get across is, is lost people. Does God speak to them? Does he, does he try to make that connection? Well, I think he does. We already saw that he, that he spoke to Samuel and Paul before they were saved. And what's interesting about Acts 8.1 right there is because if Paul was saved in 9.6, then we know in Acts 8.1 that he wasn't yet and he was being used to spread the gospel because, well, it says that they were scattered, didn't it? Right? So it's kind of an interesting thought. The Lord used him as a, uh, as, you know, a lost sinner and as a saved man. So... Um, so, so, so what's, what's my point with all that, with Paul? So, uh, so the church has started. Paul's an Old Testament Jew. By today's standards, right, the church has already started, right? So th- this is a lost man. So Jesus shows up. Um, he speaks to him. He gives him something he can't ignore, and Paul got saved. See this, all this flipping? That's why i got to get away from my notes. So also we got two Gentiles that the Lord helped out. I want to take a look at that. Go to Matthew 15. We 
We're going to pick it up in verse 21. And I know that you know all these things, but I'm trying to connect this all for a reason. It's important that we change our mentality, how we view lost people. They're not just them, you know? Uh, 1521, Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon, Sidon, and behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not, answered her not a word, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent unto the lost sheep, or I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not me to take the children's spread and to cast it to the dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat the crumbs from which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very, uh, from that very hour. So what we have is a woman that's not a Jew, obviously still ministering to the Jews. She doesn't know much about the Jewish religion. Uh, Her daughter wasn't a Jew. But the Lord shows up, she recognized who he was, and, and he helped her. Verse 25, Lord help me. Verse 26, it's not me to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. Verse 27, she accepts the truth about herself while recognizing that she needs him and who he is. Verse 28, Jesus helps her as she had asked, and she had the faith that he could do what he had said. Now, this is a different system of time. I, I get that. But I wonder how far her faith got her, right? Did she get a trip to heaven out of this? Or maybe paradise? Because the thief did, right? So I'm just saying, is it fair to say he cared and that he helped? One more person. John 4. Now I know I'm running you around a little bit and we're not going to do this all night long. But I do think it's important that you see these different instances. And I'm going to throw myself in the hot seat, quite frankly. I'm willing to step on my own reputation a little bit here tonight. Uh, I think it's important. If one soul gets saved because of it, then it's mission accomplished, truly. What a day it'll be, right? Not if we stop now. If You know, the last couple weeks at the pizza shop have been great. But you know what? I still went and turned that key this morning. I still made pizza today. Like, you don't just, oh, I'm done, you know. All right. John 4, verse 5. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, how is it thou, thou, being a Jew, ask this drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. So, she's a woman of Samaria. She's not Jewish. And not only did the Lord speak to her, but he requested something from her. 
So to me, this is kind of like the ravens feeding Elijah here, right? We have, uh, we have a lost woman getting water for the Lord. Um, so, and then over in verse 27, And upon this came the disciples and marveled that he talketh with a woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? And the woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, Come and see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is this not the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. So the Lord reveals himself to her purposefully. I don't think it was an accident that he stopped there. Um, In the chapter there, if you read, he explains how to worship him. But uh, she immediately becomes a witness. And the disciples here, they're just astonished, right? Like, like this woman's got no part with us, right? Well, I, I think the Lord thinks otherwise. So, so far we have four different people, four different sets of circumstance. The Lord met with all of them, and he gave them all a choice. Whether it makes sense to anyone in the, in the circle at the time, at all these different times, it doesn't matter. That's what the Lord did there, right? Do we agree that's what the Lord did there? So now the thing is, is that we know that, like, the funny thing about people, right? So we know that that man has a spirit, and we know that animals have a spirit. Uh, Ecclesiastes 12, uh, 7 says, Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. So let's think about this now. So God gives a spirit to, to man. He gives them the breath to live. And so now when you think about these lost people, right, these lost people, uh, is the Lord just wasting his time? Is there no real purpose? Do we all think we're like that special? Is, is that what we're walking around thinking? Right? I mean, there's got to be a purpose. Is he just planting all these spirits down here with no intentions to reap? Uh, Matthew 10.29 says, Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one, them, one of them shall not fall to the ground without your father? 10.31, Fear ye not, therefore ye are more value than many sparrows. So we know that animals don't have a soul, but the father even cares to know about when a bird falls. So for all the curious minds in the room, animals may not have a soul, but the book just showed you that the spirit returns to God. So like, you know, if you... Does my dog go to heaven? I I guess so, right? I mean, so we have lost people. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, here's the thing. I personally was saved later, uh, at 37. Now, I've heard many Christians say that they've been in church their whole lives. And I'm doing that, right? I'm, I'm doing my best to provide that for my own family. I see no fault in that. But on the topic and the point I'm trying to make tonight, you know, while your dads were dragging you to church... Uh, my dad was walking around the house angry, abusing my brother and I, and looking for his next date. You know, still married, but looking for his next date. Now, I'm not trying to make that sound worse than it was, right? That's a kid's perspective. Parents, you need to know how important it is that 
If something ever happens to an extreme degree, once, twice, a dozen times, your child will hold on to that. Just like I just painted that picture, your child will hold on to that. You're talking about however many days worth of an entire, you know, childhood. That crossing the line moment will be what they look at. But the bottom line is, I'm fine, my brother's fine, and I don't say that for your pity's sake, right? I didn't say that for that. My point is that it's important to mention that many households are so far away from God that you might not even really truly begin to imagine. Now, for me, I remember very clearly the day that I first started talking to God. I didn't grow up in church. God at that point was God, but with no knowledge of God, God was more like Santa Claus or like, you know, if you're in trouble, you know, magic wand, I'll fix this for you. Uh, for me personally, I had no, no teaching. I had no Eli to, to, to lead me that direction. But nonetheless, here I am. Um, I was 16 years old, and I was in trouble um, far above my own head. Um, I was sitting in a juvenile facility. I was actually laying down on a concrete block called my bed, and I'm in a bad spot, so I need help, right? So now, now I'm going to start talking to God. And, and I'm glad that I did. I did do that, you know? And for years, um, it was this thing that, you know, if you know, trouble arose, you know, maybe, maybe, I'd, maybe I'd talk to God about it or something like that, you know? Um, years had passed. I was 16 then, right? I got saved at 37. So eventually, I'm like, you know, I should probably talk to God on a good day. You know, like maybe I should you know, be thankful or something. You know, maybe I should talk to God on a good day. And so I started to. And, uh, and eventually, I started to talk to God daily. Um, still no knowledge of God. Um, but what's, what's super interesting, and I've actually talked to a guy that was a really good friend of mine until I started coming to church. I love him anyway. I wish he gets saved, but that's how it goes. Anyway, uh, we can relate on this topic. It's, 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 it's the darndest thing that in those days before I got saved, if I, if I like got what I would have called a good one out, like if I got a good one out, you know, it was like sincere and, and just you got a good one out, I would get like, overwhelmed with like the like the willies you know like it was almost like reassuring like yeah the lord heard me on that one i don't i don't really know too much how to explain that but it was almost like uh when the lord shows up in service and like that feeling comes across the rooms it's kind of like the it's kind of like the chills right like you know what i'm talking about like you really can't, I can't, I can't deny it or ignore it. It, it. It's something that happens. Now that I'm saved, actually, same friend, I was trying to witness to him, and I, you know, we were talking about that, and I told him, I'm like, well, you know, I'm saved now. The Lord's moved inside, you know. I, I, I really don't get that same feeling. And he's like, well, that's concerning. And it's like, yeah, it is. 
And I think we had two very viewpoints of why that's concerning, because the Lord isn't just showing up on the outside to be like, yeah, I heard you, buddy. Um, you know, like the Lord's with me in everything I do and say. And so now I'm in the spot that, you know, the Lord doesn't just Santa Claus me every prayer I ask him for, but he's definitely given me a ton of confirmation along the way. And so it's, you know, I, I, I wouldn't trade that off anyway. So through a series of events, though, uh, I ended up where I did that day when I met Pastor. That was somebody's funeral, and I wasn't necessarily tied to that family. I, I really, it's, it's weird that I was even there. Um, but I don't think that it was an accident either. You know, was it an accident that the Lord showed up to Samuel there? I'm not saying I'm that special, but I'm just saying what. Was it an accident? Was it an accident when he showed up for you? Anyway, um, I think that the Lord knew what I needed. I don't think I knew what I needed, but I think that the Lord knew what I needed. He, he didn't just send me a pastor. He sent me the pastor. He didn't just send me to a church. He sent me the truth. And so that man in this place, as far as I'm concerned, are irreplaceable. Not to be taken for granted. So, now when we think about everything I just laid out for you, right? I'd... Sounds bad, I could care less. I just stained my image, right? But that's Jesse, that's where I come from. Um, how, many, how many of us care like we should about people just like that? People that are slightly outside of our box. You know, um, I brought up the animals because, and, and don't, don't sell me short, I have a dog, okay, I'm not trying to be an offense, but it's mind-blowing to me what people will do for their pets, right? I talked to one guy once, and he's like, oh, I spent $5,000 on arthritis treatment, and I'm like, for who? And he's, you know, he tells me, I was like, for your dog? <laughs> what? I, I get it, right? They're your buddy. You know, we have a dog. I love him. He's great. He's great. He's a good dog. I love him. But with that being said, the Lord said that people have more value than many sparrows. So what about that? You got all this time, money, energy wrapped up to what about something that's worth so much more? I recognize that it's a crazy world out there. I'm out in it. I'm just like you. I'm not trying to set myself apart here. I'm the preacher tonight, and so it's kind of my job. But I, I have to, I have to, I have to, I have to do the same thing. It's a crazy world out there, and as much as I try to shelter myself, there's a negative to that. You know, are, are we just becoming immune to how crazy it is? Um, are we ignoring it? Are we just not so tuned in to the reality for so many people? Sure, there's people that you try to reach out to and they just, whatever. But what somebody at work got saved just a month ago and I assure you that she is probably not the person that you would expect it to. But I am so happy for her. I pray that the Lord will bless her with the knowledge and understanding that she needs to truly understand just as much as I was three and a half years ago. I hope the Lord does that for her. She's probably watching this tonight. Um, anyway, 
I'm here to warn you at the same time. You need not walk out the door here and start trying to play God in other people's lives. Okay? I get we got a good thing, but none of us have any idea what the Lord might be trying to do in somebody else's life. Right? I, I explain my own chain of events to you. I was a mess through all of that. <laughs> I was a mess when I was, I'm still kind of a mess, right? These people that I'm talking about are me not that long ago. It's my wife not that long ago. It's my kids. It's some of you. So I got three questions and I'm done. Are we communicating what the Lord's done for us? Are we so comfortable that we're just taking his blessings for granted? (laughs) Excuse me. Do we even care anymore about lost souls? I know we do. We've had some people get saved. But the point is to re-inspire you, right? Don't those folks that you're feeling written off about, that you want to write off, I get it. Like I want to do that too, but you can't. You need to care about lost souls. You need to be burdened for them. Don't just walk around, well, I guess them people ought to find them a church. You can't be that way. These people are headed to hell, to burn. People you know, people you see, people you love. It's time to have some compassion, truly understanding their destiny for them. They don't get it, right? We need to help them to see. And when I say we, I mean you. You help them to see. If you forget how it is, it's very simple. I already told you, walk down to your basement, turn the lights off, and see what you can find your way to, right? Nothing. Next thing you know, you'll be like, I thought this was my own house. They think it's their own life, by the way. Maybe they're not perfect. I'm sure they're not. Maybe their music is terrible. Maybe their TV is trash. Maybe they act like an idiot. Maybe they talk like an idiot. I really don't care. So what? Why do you care? So what? Right? Especially if you love them. Especially if they're in your family. Especially if they're your friend. I get it. It's exhausting. Sometimes. Some people you feel like you're getting somewhere and you're not. But do you shut up? Do I just lock the doors to the pizza stores because we had a good week? No. No, we don't. It's time to show some charity. Right? That's what we need here, dealing with these type of individuals, individuals that need the Lord. We have nothing to lose, right? And yet they'll suffer torments for an eternity. Okay? We need to soak that in. It's a new year, it's a new mindset, right? The whole purpose tonight is to show you that the Lord is working in lost people's lives. He's given us examples. They're all there. We looked at them all. So what are we going to do, right? We're saved people. We've gotten the blessing. We're going to decide to care. And we're going to decide to care today. That's it. Let's close our order of prayer.